Hello and welcome to episode 138 of the True Achievements podcast. This week has flown by because we've not really been around at the office, so it's probably going to be a relatively short podcast. But the reason we've been out of the office is because we've been at EGX and Rich is still traveling back. So today I have Jack as always. Hello. Hello. How you doing? Oh, all right, thank you. Yeah. And now I guess he's permanent. Are we letting him in permanently, Jack? Oh, uh, I don't know. He's. Uh... Will you let me on permanently? That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a vote in the show. Yeah, in the podcast story. Psych <laughs> 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 But in case you didn't guess, it's Ollie. Hello. Hello. Am I a good Hello. replacement for Rich? Uh, everyone, answer that in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we'll, I don't know if Rich controls and done it. He can just edit stuff if he wants and, <laughs> and change it. No, Rich is the best. <laughs> All right, so we haven't played. Well, I've played one game on my tag, but unfortunately, I can't talk about it because it's Forza Horizon Four. You'll be able to talk about that next week, then. Next week, yeah, I'll be next all over week. that. Yeah. You two haven't played anything either on your own tags, uh, so let, let's skip through the streams quickly. Then we'll have a talk about what you did at EGX. Yeah, we've done two games. I know Jack was a massive fan of one of them, so I may as well just do the first and do the second. <laughs> so first was Fossil Hunters, which was quite a unique game, which we did on Tuesday, which was it's kind of like a top-down isometric mining game. You've got to mine loads of stuff on the level. Mm-hmm. Then you build up fossils, and you connect them to make different like fossils of different dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And then once you've made the, all the fossils, you can go to the next level. It's kind of like... It's basically like a phone game. I could see it working on a phone, mm-hmm. but yeah. very simple in what the game is. But it was pulled off quite well. It's all in um, kind of blocks, isn't it? Squares. So mm-hmm. you've got a square of material you can mine, mm-hmm. and there could be a fossil in there. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. if you mine too many like patches of dirt in one place, it would like cause a landslide or whatever it is. What's the mm-hmm. name okay. for that? Cave in. Yeah, not landslide. Mm-hmm. And then it would all fall down again and it would destroy all the fossils that you had. And there were little spider enemies that would pop out and try and eat your fossils. So you'd, mm-hmm. you'd have to like kick them off the edge and stuff. You couldn't kill them outright, but you could move them away. So it's kind of like defending your your fossil as you built it up. I, I couldn't compare it to many other games, to be honest. It was fairly, fairly unique in the concept. It was like a top-down... Minecraft with a jigsaw puzzle. And- yeah. <laughs> you, you made the comparison uh, Microsoft Jigsaw. Yeah. It's, um, I can't remember what other game it was now. Minecraft. Minecraft. Yeah. I started watching it and then I jumped out of the stream, did some stuff, and then I came back. And did it kind of gradually introduce some new. Oh, yeah. I saw you faffing about with lights at one point. Like, yeah, so that was like one of the last levels we did. And it was good in how it introduced new stuff to you. Like every couple of levels, it would be a new mechanic. And the lights, yeah, you had a movable light source. So obviously to see what kind of fossils you were collecting, you'd need the light. And I think the little monsters that ate your fossils were scared of the light. So you could right. like position them to defend yourself and stuff. So it was quite cool. And th- there was like little trophies you could pick up, which we never really worked out what you used them <laughs> for. So you carried them around and piled yeah. them on lifts. <laughs> we just like put as much stuff onto the lift as we could <laughs> to yeah. bring it down to the next level. Well, it but came it never up worked as out. like a tip screen saying, "Oh, don't forget, you can put loads of stuff in the lift," and made a bit of a big deal out of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then we took all the stuff up to the top level because each of the levels was further down in the cave system and you were going down on a lift but went all the way back up to the top and there was seemingly nothing to do with these mm. so i think yeah. they were just aesthetics and you could stick them on a like a sideboard or something or <laughs> a bit weird you could like bring them back as trophies i mm. guess they didn't really seem to have any overarching goal or anything apart from getting to the next level yeah I, maybe we just didn't progress far enough who knows yeah. Pretty interesting though. And then after that, we moved on to a game called Raised uh, with a Z, which was really cool. So this appealed to me because it's kind of muscle memory and remembering actions and stuff like that. But you play a little person in a 3D level. Uh, You start off and you hold the right trigger and that makes your character run forwards and that eats energy. And you've basically got to weave your way through a level as efficiently as possible so you don't run out of energy and pick up energy crystals as you go in to kind of keep your meter high. 
and you pick up different mechanics and abilities as you're progressing through the game, like a jump later on. And it's just avoiding obstacles, and it's a really neat little platformer. Um, it's a lot of it's to do with timing and not jumping when you don't need to because a jump uses quite a chunk of energy, and if you run out of energy, you die. Um, it was really cool then. Yeah, it was really well executed, actually. Mm. It was really slick. Like uh, The movement looked like really good. Mm. which is exactly what you want did you not get a chance to play that one are they no no I didn't know (laughs) one of the only games that I haven't handed for controller ever so I could see instantly as soon as he did like the first two jumps or something and Jack's face just kind of lit up with glee like (laughs) this is my my trials yeah Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean yeah, sometimes the controller does get passed. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> sometimes you try and pass it back to me, and I'm like, nope. That's yeah, it. that's the thing. It's like you pass it to me, and it's like, oh, I, ha- I guess I'll, I'll have a go. And then sometimes I just pa- try and pass it to Jack. He's like, no, no, you just, you just take this one out. <laughs> but, uh, great teamwork. Yeah, um, this this was a cool game. It was a pleasant surprise. I hadn't heard of it before. Um, if you like things like trials and kind of a little bit of muscle memory and um, very kind of short levels, that if you die, you go back to the start, but it, there were no loading times or anything like that. So it's really nice, quick retries. Then I think you'll really like this game. It's one to have a look at. Mm-hmm. Um, it did introduce more mechanics and stuff as you went on. So we've got like bouncing platforms and the levels did get really difficult towards the end. Uh, you managed to complete a really difficult one just in time for the end of the stream, which is always yeah. satisfying. Yeah. Something very odd about this was it's got lots of achievements on it, and we unlocked 10 of them for 40 gamer score in the hour, but most of those were zero gamer score achievements, mm. which was a bit bizarre. Mm. I don't see many games with those anymore. But if we ever do another, I think we did an Easter event on site before we had to unlock as many zero gamer score achievements as possible. This game's oh, yeah, right for that. Money, yeah. yeah. Why do they do that? I don't really get it. Um, I, I guess it's to like a award you in some way, but like a half award. Don't know. It is a bit weird. Yeah, I don't know. You yeah. just think they just divide it between all the achievements, wouldn't you? But there is loads in it, isn't there? All right, on to EGX. So I didn't go, but you uh, you two had a walk around yesterday. I'm yep. guessing because it's kind of public, so. Probably mm-hmm. queues were horrendous, but yeah, do you have a look at anything good? Some huge queues for some of the bigger titles like Metro Exodus didn't even ponder <laughs> yeah. jumping into that queue. No. That queue was doubled back on itself about five times. <laughs> yeah. But I went and played some of the kind of independent games, um, which were interesting. So one I jumped on, first of all, was a game called Fogs. And you play a dog that's like a worm and it's got a dog head at each end (laughs) and each each end you control with an independent stick and the art style was very much like uh, snake bars if you can remember that Uh, but you control each end of a dog independently you have kind of a grab action and stuff like that and uh, originally i played it i was using one half control and somebody else was using the other half um, which was quite interesting Mm. Uh, but it's very simple kind of puzzle game puzzle platformer it's quite fun though worth checking out and then uh, I've walked past a game and the developer jumped out and started telling me all about it <laughs> and then somebody stood up from a computer and um, he went oh do you want to play it and I felt obliged after that <laughs> um, but this, this was a detective RPG a similar style it's top down like uh, isometric and it reminded me of um, kind of Fallout 2 and stuff like that um, but it was actually really quite neat. It was called Elysium Disco. It's set in a small seaside town. And at the start of the game, you can kind of pick your character attributes and there are different things like aggression um, and intellect. So you can, if you put all your points into intellect, you're kind of more of a Sherlock Holmesy character, but you get more points, skill points to spend as you progress through the game and you can pour those into like rage and if you become too aggressive or whatever. I'll start showing through in conversations. It was very, very dialogue heavy, um, as expected. But it was, it was interesting. Uh, definitely one I'm going to look at. Um, it's planned to come to Steam. I'm not too sure if it'll make it to consoles. I guess it will at some point. The only thing I can um, that sticks out to me 
I didn't play too much. Like Jack said, we didn't go for the huge queues. I played a little bit of both of the games Jack just described. And we saw, we didn't play it, but we saw a game called Hash Rush. Was it called Hash Rush? Yep. It's like a, I think the closest thing you could compare it to is like Spore. It had a really small planet. So you could see the entire planet at once. And you had like a little community which you could build up. And I think it had quite a lot of like RTS elements. You could like move your units around and stuff and you build up a base on this planet. And the end result of the game was you could like win some kind of currency in the game where you could have your your tribe or whatever mine this currency mm-hmm. and then exchange that for a real cryptocurrency. <laughs> so you could make real money essentially, which is very yeah. cutting yeah. edge, I guess. Yeah, so it's on the Ethereum blockchain. Yeah, Ethereum. <laughs> It's a, it's actually a really smart idea because to mine cryptocurrency, you need a powerful system. Mm-hmm. And who has powerful computers? Gamers. Yeah. yeah. It's appealing to the correct target audience for that kind of stuff. I think it's a bit ahead of its time. I think we'll see more stuff like that in the future. Okay. People, uh, you know, if it's completely above board and mm-hmm. people are, you know, playing the game thousands of hours and they could be rewarded for their grind. Mm. I don't know. You've seen games like Diablo 3 do stuff like this, but it didn't use a crypto. It was just a real money auction house. So you could sell the items you found in the game for real money. Um, okay. Which is something you don't it's often like see. Steam trading cards. Uh, I don't know much about that. What is that a similar thing? Steam trading cards, you, they sit over the top of a game and it's kind of like an achievement, but you get it for basically playtime in a game, which is why there's a load of people that built idle bots that kind of switch games for you automatically as you earn cards uh, but you can actually put those up on an auction house and sell them for a couple of pence i say a couple of pence some of them actually go for a couple of quid mm-hmm. but it depends on what cards you've got if they're foil cards and stuff like that yeah it sounds like a similar thing to diablo it's like mm-hmm. most of the stuff is like like 5p yeah but then you get insane stuff which is worth you know possibly hundreds of mm-hmm. dollars depending on rarity and stuff so I never did it myself, but some people got very rich. Although you didn't queue up for any of the big games, was there a lot of support there from big publishers that you saw, or was it just the odd game? Um, there's a big presence from Sony, actually. Um, Sony right. had a huge PlayStation VR section. Mm. Uh, they had a couple of um, booths set up with like 20, 30 consoles in, people playing different, different games. They even had um, Spider-Man there. There seems to be a lot of presence from games that are already out. Yeah. Lots of Fortnite setups. There's even a OnePlus setup, which is a brand of phone. And they had Fortnite running on the mobile version of all (laughs) of their phones as a test. All right, okay. There was PUBG as well, wasn't there? I saw a few Mm -hmm. people playing PUBG. Yep. Um, Destiny 2 Forsaken expansion. Oh, yeah. Big section for that. I checked out the retro section a little bit as well. <laughs> Just played some old Sega games and uh, Star Wars <laughs> Battlefront, the original one. They have like Gamescom, they have like a huge section for the retro stuff, you know, on the old mm-hmm. CRT monitors and everything mm-hmm. going on. It's a bit mental. Yeah, it was. Well, the thing is, it was kind of the only one where you, you don't have to queue. Similar thing as you were <laughs> saying before. It's like, I'd rather do something. Never queue for anything, yeah. But did you enjoy your stay? Yeah, it was good though. It's nice to uh, see so many gamers kind of converging on an event like that. And it is just kind of like a mini Gamescom, I suppose, in a sense. Yeah, it's good. All right, so let's move on to next week's streams. So we've actually got one today, a bonus one, because we didn't stream yesterday, and it's a biggie. Probably going to be started by the time this gets published. Uh, But we're going to be streaming three hours of Forza Horizon 4, the embargo for streaming is lifted. So we'll be playing through the first three hours of that, and we've got some Ultimate Edition codes to give away during the stream. So if this is up in time, make sure you tune in for that. Uh, Then we're going to be streaming what we should have streamed yesterday, but the boys didn't make it back from EGX in time, so that's Gonna and Super Street, the game. So check out them next Tuesday. There will be stuff next Thursday. We just haven't planned it in yet. All right, site news. There's no proper site news, but one of the reasons we were down in Birmingham, we had like a bit of a company get together and we were chatting about all things true achievements and true trophies and plans and stuff like that and one of the things that 
Ollie raised was like the format of the podcast. Yeah. It would be good to get people's opinions about changes to the podcast, I guess. Having like a specific subject which we talk about. I know Jack was I was talking to this about this with Jack and some of the other people agreed um that maybe it'd be better to have like an overarching subject in each of the podcasts mm-hmm. and maybe a few other changes. Um so that you know, the podcasts are more interesting for you guys and the podcasts are more interesting for us to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it would be good to see if what people think about changes we can possibly make, I guess. Yeah, so it is uh, anything that you like now or anything you don't like now or any bits maybe that you skip over. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, I don't know, reading out the new releases or something like that. Let us know in the comments and uh, we're going to try and get together next week and have a chat about what we can change and fancy jingles or something we can bring in and yeah. <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So let us know what your thoughts generally on the show and then we'll try and have a look through and see what you're all thinking. But regular news, again, it's a, it's a bit slow because you've kind of got EGX. There's a bit of news coming out of EGX. I think there's TGS as well, which is like the Tokyo game show on this week. So there's some, some bits came out later this week. Mm-hmm. But I suppose the biggie this week, uh, Red Dead... Redemption 2, uh, they're going to do the online similar to GTA 5 online. So it's going to be kind of, I don't know, kind of like a separate thing completely, pretty much. It's going to release after the game launched. I think it was two weeks later, GTA 5 online started after the game had launched. So you're going to get that a bit later. And it sounds from the description that they, they said in their kind of press release that it's going to be pretty much GTA 5 online like a whole separate mm-hmm. world and you have a character and it's going to be the world but with all kinds of pvp and pve and quests and stuff you can do nice there's going to be an open beta for that or a public beta they call it so everybody's going to get a chance to play it that starts in november so that's after the game properly releases that the actual beta starts and then the final version will come at some point after that I'm guessing we're all going to be playing Red Dead 2. So what are your thoughts on an online similar to GTA 5? Um, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to be playing it, but I didn't ever play the GTA 5 online. I don't know, it just never appealed to me that much, but I guess I will check it out. I mean, there's no excuse not to. And um, I'm more focused on like the story of the game and stuff, but if there's people yeah. to play with and I've got a few mates on and you know everyone at TGN is going to be playing it, then... Um, yeah, I'll definitely jump on and check it out. Yeah, I think I'm similar. I'm definitely uh, more of an interest in the story aspect of it so far. But the online in Red Dead Redemption was pretty good. And if this is kind of an extension of that and it's building upon GTA and mixing the two up, I think it's only going to be a good experience. So definitely give it a shot. I didn't particularly like the online in Red Dead Redemption, but I played it because there was achievements tied to it and I wanted to finish the game. But it was good when I, like some of the stuff you had to do wasn't great, but when you just had a few mates on and you could you know, just posse up and go riding around the map and just causing mayhem, that was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that's kind of what GTA 5 did. I never got into the online in GTA 5. But the thing for me is I can see them you know, doing like the shark card stuff mm-hmm. and all that lot. People... Riding around on super quick horses. It'll be interesting. So one of the things that they did note is that it's going to feature constant updates and adjustments to grow and evolve this experience for all players. And I don't know how mm. GTA is obviously it's the whole world of possibilities because you've got vehicles and you've got different styles of vehicles and stuff like that, but you don't have different styles of horses. What kind of aspects of it are we <laughs> going to push? <laughs> Horse and carriage. <laughs> yeah, I suppose different types of carriages. or Was that the steam age? Maybe you can get a train. I wonder if it's going to get yeah. into the kind of silly nature of GTA, though, with uh, race tracks in the sky and stuff like that. Yeah, rocket horses mm. and stuff like that. Mm. You could have like a hang glider or something, couldn't you? I don't know. Do they have yeah. them back then? <laughs> Pedal plane. <laughs> Yeah, and a hot air balloon with air thing there. Maybe, yeah. But the the thing for me that that kind of reading this that I'm worried about is they haven't done any single player content, you know, for GTA Five mm-hmm. after the game released. Yep. And it's all been 
GTA Online, and that kind of worried me. Cause I, I, even the silly stuff, you know, like the the zombie thing and all that mm-hmm. they did for Red Dead, I, like I still enjoyed it, just playing in the world again and all that. And I can just see them kind of scrapping it and just concentrating on free little monthly updates online just to it's whatever's going to bring the microtransactions yeah the money in at the end of the day isn't it because yes yeah, they're it in front it's a service now as opposed to yeah a game hmm. yeah I'll, I'll check it out when it comes out i'm sure there'll be loads of us playing it so we'll be able to mm-hmm. farm a posse and just go shooting lots of people online and stuff yeah is there there's obviously a, a limit to how many people can be on the map but is there do we know how big the Red Dead map is going to be? Is it going to be a similar size to GTA Five? I'm pretty certain they've said, but I can't recall. It wouldn't surprise me if it's you know bigger than stuff they've done before. Yeah, because they've made it bigger each time, haven't they? So I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But I don't think you get a lot of players in GTA Five online. Like I haven't jumped a lot, like really far into it. But I don't think you get like maybe twenty four or something on a server. Yeah. Okay. So if you've got a massive world, you could probably kind of keep to yourself a little bit. You've got all the NPCs and stuff as well, then that helps fill out yeah, the yeah. world a little bit. Yeah, and they've got like the the jobs and stuff you can do, aren't they, and all that stuff. So yeah, I'll do that. Give it a, ch- a try, see what it's like. Uh, we picked up a couple of days ago that four titles are going to be leaving Xbox Game Pass at the end of September. I'm it didn't have an exact date, but I'm guessing it's going to be the end of the month like it normally is. So they're all Xbox One titles this month. So we're going to lose Maldita, Castilla, EX, Curse Castle, Castile. I've never, never heard of that one. I won't miss it. Uh, Saints Row, Get Out of Hell, <laughs> The Book Butcher, and Tower of Guns. I won't miss any of those, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of a polite way to say it, but yeah, I don't think many people really care about them. Yeah, it's still, it's sad to see games leaving the system, but if they're making room for better games, go for yeah. it. let's take out the weak ones. If, if they're making room for better games, that's the thing. But we'll see. Uh, they normally announce what, sometime next week, I guess, yep. that they'll announce what's coming in September, mm-hmm. and it's been pretty good what we get in each month i generally found i haven't played any of well, them but we've obviously got the biggie coming in september uh forza horizon 4 haven't we <laughs> yeah certainly have PUBG as uh this week downgraded some of the graphics to try and stop a lot of the bugs and things that are occurring <laughs> doesn't seem like a good thing does it i think it's only temporarily mm-hmm. while they try and quash all these bugs so that you will be getting it back, but they've done stuff like dropping, you know, shadow quality and mm. that kind of thing, depth field. Mm. So I think it's not great, is it? But I think it's concerning. It says something about the development behind the scenes potentially and the optimization of the game itself. Mm. It's a weird one, isn't it? Because it's obviously Cause I mean, a very well played game, and but why be in game preview for so long to release it to then say? You know, we've we've now got to drop the graphics because it's not performing well enough. Like you've had the time to do this in. It's always been like buggy and stuff, hasn't it? Though PUBG, it's mm. like basically something to do with the base of the game or the the engine that they're using is you know probably not easily fixable at this point. I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, I don't yeah. know much about the inner workings of PUBG, but there have been bugs with it for for ages. People still play it, though. That's the thing. It's like the case of this one and We Happy Few. It's like if it's in early access, you understand when you pay your money for early access that mm-hmm. you you can expect bugs and things to go wrong. Mm-hmm. But then to release it out of early access to still have bugs and things that doesn't seem acceptable to me. It's like that's why people are pay, <laughs> paying yeah. and testing it for you, basically. It'll be interesting to see how long this uh, downgrade actually goes on for, and uh, because they've called it a like a hot fix, and uh, yeah, kind of makes it seem it's going like it's going to be a couple of weeks, if that. But yeah, it, we'll see. I wonder if it's going to become a permanent fixture. <laughs> <laughs> well, now they've got um, the the COD Blops beta for the blackout for the um, battle royale is out, mm-hmm. and I'm willing to bet that that has way less bugs than PUBG ever had. And, uh, I don't know. I've seen yeah. some clips of people really rocks. Oh, okay, in places of the map they shouldn't be. But again, that's a closed beta, mm. and people are raising the bugs and they're fixing the bugs. 
hopefully. Yeah. So now that, that used to happen in like the multiplayer, but Jumbo needs to do the multiplayer beaters. Mm. And I, I remember World at War, you could like crawl under the map and stuff like yeah. that. Mm. And they kind of fixed them by the time the game came out. So mm-hmm. yeah, it'd be interesting to see how PUBG stands up once Battlefield and Call of Duty have their versions of it out. Yeah, might give it some competition and uh, make them strive to improve, which would be good. Yeah. Capcom this week announced the beat-em-up bundle. It's going to be seven 90s classics. I'm going to use air quotes around classics. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So five of the games have been previously ported already to other platforms, and then two are going to be completely new straight to this bundle. So we're going to get Final Fight, The King of Dragons, Captain Commando, Knights of the Round, uh, Warriors of Fate, Armored Warriors and Battle Circuit. I'm, I've not played any of them. Any of them than you remember fondly from growing up? Uh, no, not really. No, no. Okay, but it, it's it's sixteen pounds, and I think is that the one with the achievement list that came out this week? And it's like yeah, so an ACA Neo Geo list, basically. Pretty much. There's only eleven achievements, which seems a little bit lax for how many games are in the bundle. Uh, but one of the yeah. things they've added is online play to all of the games. So you right, okay. back in the day and there's an achievement for playing all of the titles online with another player. Might be worth checking out if you remember them games fondly from your youth. Or not youth if you were a bit older in the 90s. This week, Gwent, you got some news around Gwent and a new game from the Witcher series, basically. So Gwent is obviously the, the Witcher card game. And it's um, finally coming out of beta. It seems like it's been in beta forever. Uh, so that's coming out of beta. We're going to get some achievements, I presume, as well, finally, mm-hmm. for that game. And then the other thing that I kind of picked up on, and I don't really understand what it is, there's going to be a game called Thronebreaker, The Witcher Tales, which is a standalone single-player RPG. And originally it was planned to be like a a campaign or some content for Gwent, and then they've expanded it out into its own game now. So, like, from reading it, I thought it was going to be like a, you know, like a Telltale Mm -hmm. style game, because it's kind of puzzles and stuff, but it's also got got some card elements in it. Mm -hmm. So, there wasn't a trailer or anything, but it sounds really weird, but I know which is a massive series, so... Mm. I don't know. It's a weird one. Do you think they've got like a different team of people for The Witcher who have just been making this stuff in the background? I mean, obviously they have, but um, I would have thought all their resources are on cyberpunk at the moment, but I guess they're different teams yeah. or something. I've got no idea. I get you've played The Witcher 3 earlier, haven't you? Yeah. Gwent, I think, is like a, a mini game within The Witcher. Within The Witcher, yeah, it and is. Yeah. They've expanded it into its own game. And then Thronebreaker was supposed to be a campaign for that, and they brought it out into another own game. So <laughs> It's like a game within a game know. within a game. Yeah, a bit meta, isn't it? From kind of looking at the paragraph about Thronebreaker, and especially the image that is in the news article for it, it reminds me of something called Dead Space Ignition. Right, it's okay, like a companion, and it was almost a comic book style. Um so you had a story and narrative, but then you had some puzzles chucked in, like um, hacking and things like that. And it sounds like it's going to almost be like that. Mm. Yeah, the, the description they gave for it, it says, a narrative-driven exploration with unique puzzles and card battle mechanics. A bit of everything. <laughs> but yeah. So uh, Thronebreaker is going to release at the same time that the Witch, uh, Gwent comes out of beta and that's December the 4th so if you're hungry for new witch stuff December the 4th check it out and that is it really for news this week there was some other bits but nothing massive which is I guess expected because we're getting into the time when everything's coming out now mm-hmm. alright move on to some back compact okay one um, batch of back compact titles this week first up we have Brutal Legend and then we had Greg Hastings' Paintball 2. So Brutal Legend, that was quite well regarded. I, I never played it, mm-hmm. but it was like 
heavy metal kind of fantasy world mm-hmm. with Jack was, Black uh, doing the vocals. Was it Tim the voiceover, sorry. Um, the Double Fine guys. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, yeah. But I remember it looked cool at the time, so I might, I, I, that might be one I actually check out mm-hmm. if I can find a copy of it somewhere cheapish. It's like a um, spectacle fighter, isn't it? Like uh, God of War or something. Yeah. I remember seeing stuff about it when it came out back in the day, but yeah, the same. I never played it. But there were a few people um, in the streams and on TA uh, quite hyped for it. So obviously it's yep. got its fan base. All right, let's move on to some questions, Ali. Yes, we've got quite a few questions this week. Uh, okay, for, starting with the question of the week from Sam Quirk. Uh, he says, PS Now is offering downloads as well as streams now. Do you think this will speed up Xbox's streaming plans that we've heard hints about? And would you stream games on Game Pass if you had the option? We've spoken about um, streaming games before, and we were saying about how you need a godly internet connection. But I don't actually <laughs> yeah. know. Like I've never tried the um, the, the place the PS Now streaming service, so I don't know if it would actually you know work for me i mean obviously it probably would but you know i don't have too many thoughts about it and if game pass offered it i guess i would try it out see if my internet could stand up to the challenge but um i think it wouldn't be anything more than like a little test before i downloaded a game probably yeah i think i'm exactly the same i'd use almost like a demo system so i could play like 10 or 15 minutes of a game and then if i enjoy it i'd kick off the actual download yeah I mean, like for, for using it as that is still quite a good little service to have. Like, do I want to play? The, do I want to commit to downloading this game? I yeah. suppose it could be an extension of the ready to start system, so you can start a game partway through. But if you could kind of download the first gig or whatever, then start it instantly from that point, mm-hmm. and then stream the content that you haven't already got while the downloads happening in the background. Mm-hmm. I was thinking similar, but not exactly. Like I'd stream, like you say that I don't know what games are on PlayStation now, but say God of War was on there, mm-hmm. you could start it by streaming and then let it download ready, you know, in the background. So mm-hmm. at some point, it just switch over to playing off your hard drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I don't think I'd use it on Game Pass unless for that reason, you know, just because I, I didn't want to wait for a, you know. 30 minutes, 40 minutes for a game to mm. fully install. That would be the only reason, really. Mm. I suppose it would only be the, the bigger titles anyway, because if you're like streaming something like Plants vs. Zombies, that's probably like 200 megs. And you're going to use yeah. so much more data <laughs> actually streaming that than you would just downloading it. Yeah, true, yeah. yeah. Mm. So if you're on a metered internet connection, that would become an issue. Yeah. I'm assuming neither of you guys have tried the the uh, PlayStation streaming no. service. No, mm. I, th- I don't think fans or like PlayStation players were keen on it either. To be honest, like I, th- mm. I think their big thing was they always wanted it to be a downloadable thing, like Game Pass. Because mm-hmm. I, th- I think didn't they do? Do you know something like the PS3 titles? Like that's the way they did their back compat. I think mm-hmm. like some of the PS3 titles you could stream it. Because it wouldn't play oh, okay. on the console, I guess properly. Yeah, but I guess they've worked that out. If you can actually download them, I might be totally wrong on that though. After I get Sam on and ask him, <laughs> he'll know. <laughs> yeah, he's asking the wrong crowd. Because do you have a PS3? I mean, a PS4, Dave? Yeah, yeah. But recent, like for Spider-Man, I got it. So it's not something <laughs> okay. I've yeah. spent a lot of time with. Oh, yeah. you, like the streaming thing, do you think it'll encourage Microsoft to? Um, well, they're always in competition to some extent, aren't they? And I it mean, seems, ba- it seems like more PlayStation are combating to do the Game Pass thing rather than it's going to encourage Microsoft to speed up mm-hmm. their yeah. plans for streaming. It's almost like yeah, PlayStation have tried to to keep up with Microsoft rather than the other way around, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I agree with that, and. To be honest, like you said, I think more people would be interested in downloading stuff than streaming it anyway. So there's no like, there's no pressure on Microsoft to release that. I don't think. No. No. Okay. Good question, though. Yeah, it was a good question. Thanks. It's question of the week. Okay, next one's from Peyton. 
I kind of feel like the oddball because I don't try to 100% games. People on the site will refuse to buy something fun if they think they can't do it. What's up with that attitude? I think that's just uh, part of the community on TA. Is it revolves around getting achievements. So obviously yeah. people want to get all the achievements. It's pretty natural, I think. I'm the same, though. I, I often don't play games to 100% them. I have done for a few, but most of the time I don't. I think their description is the past me. So I used to, um, when, when I first got a console, I didn't know what achievements were. Then I popped one and it was like, oh, what's this? And then suddenly I found a couple of websites dedicated to them and I, I wanted to try and 100% everything <laughs> possible. And now I've totally switched tact and I don't worry about it. If I see a game and I like the look of it, I'll just play it. Just yeah. play it for fun instead. If I pop some achievements along the way, that's good. If I'm really enjoying it, then I'll probably go for all of the achievements mm-hmm. just to kind of extend the enjoyment and fun I'm getting out of the game. But yeah, if sure. I'm not feeling something, I just leave it on my tag and I'm not too worried about it now. Yeah, I mean, I think that's like how achievements should be. It's, mm. It should be a thing which makes you keep playing a game because you like playing it exactly. rather than like playing the game just for the achievements. I think it's bizarre though because it took me a decade to realize that I could just play games for fun. <laughs> so I'm kind of in the middle where if say say that Red Dead came out tomorrow and one of the achievements was going to take you five years to earn, I'd yeah. still play it and I'd just leave that one at the end type thing. Uh-huh. But I still try and like it. I, I don't like so if it, if it's something I'm interested in, I'll definitely pick it up and play it regardless, and then just try and earn whatever I can out of it mm-hmm. to a reasonable point. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going doing seriously 4.0 and stuff like that, yeah. where it's in gears taking forever. Although I have done it in the past, <laughs> <laughs> but then I'll, I'll also play stuff just to completion, and, and I'll play stuff that I'm bored of, and you know, just mm-hmm. think, oh, I'm nearly there now. Mm-hmm. I'll kind of. Soldier on, but when I got my PS4, I was like, Do you know, all these games that like you go, I try that, mm-hmm. but it's like I'm not massively bothered about a certain game. But then I look at the achievement list and go, Well, I'm just not going to do that <laughs> yeah. just to stay in my tag tech thing. Yeah, okay. So I thought I'll do that on my PlayStation, <laughs> so stuff like you know, like NBA games and stuff like that. Like, I think, Oh, that'd be fun just to have a mess around with mm-hmm. for a few hours. Then I think, But if it's on my tag, then I'm stuck with it. <laughs> It'll do me nothing, so <laughs> I'm going to do them on PlayStation instead. Okay, so sometimes the achievements put you off playing a game. Mm. Yeah. yeah, they'll put me off playing a game I'm not really fussed at, yeah. about, but it wouldn't stop me playing a game that I, I was really interested in. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, I don't tend to think about achievements much when I'm playing, but I, I have done for some games. The, the ones, like Jack said, the ones I really enjoy, I'll look at the list and if I've completed the story or whatever, then I'll go back and try and do some. So he's not quite an oddball. Maybe maybe 50% oddball. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you're not an oddball. You're a very... Yeah, it could very be a good um, site poll at some point. I'm sure we've done it in the past, but... Mm-hmm. What? Do you play games just to 100% them? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, you get such a split, though, wouldn't you? Because there are people... Like, I've played games just for the achievements. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there are people who, who will not touch a game if the achievements look too difficult or too grindy yeah, or I, the, you know unobtainable even if the game looks amazing there are people who won't play it yeah. because the achievements is the main thing they concentrate on that's their fun rather than the game rather than the game yeah it's interesting um, but no you're not an oddball you're a very special snowflake okay <laughs> uh, Chris Clifford he says with the Crash trilogy selling so well Spyro expecting to follow, Square announcing Final Fantasy games, Capcom admitting they want to remaster everything, and the SNES NES games being a major draw of Switch Online. Do you think games designers are finally running out of ideas, or are remasters slash remakes slash releases going too far, or are they now just part of gaming releases? Now, there was a lot in that question. Mm. Yeah. And... I don't know. I don't think, first of all, I don't think games designers are running out of ideas. I think there's infinite different ideas you can have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's the old why reinvent the wheel approach. If something was really good in the past, 
if you can remaster it and kind of keep the mechanics and the experience the same, that's cool. Uh, if you can just do a straight port of it and it played really well in the past and it lives up to that now, that's cool too. But there's a lot of these games were really popular, what, say, like 20 years ago? So I can understand them doing them again, you know, retouching them and then people who, A, mainly, you know, wouldn't have had the chance to play them because they were not born or really young and didn't play them and stuff like that, get a chance to play them again now. I can understand that. And like a nostalgia thing, like mm-hmm. if you loved Final Fantasy Seven and then it's out again, then you might go, oh, yeah, I really love to play that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just, if the demand's there, why would publishers not do it? Yes. If they can make money and people are interested in yeah. it. Then fine. If it's at the detriment of them actually making new games, like say they're putting whole studios and stuff on doing this, but I'm guessing they're pretty quick to pour over the. Yeah, I, I imagine the the bigger titles obviously have a much bigger market as well as so Final Fantasy stuff like that. But things like ACA Neo Geo, there does seem a little bit odd. Some of the things they're releasing, I don't know if yeah, they're prioritizing but- it based on like how many people are wanting a certain game, or if they're just going for in order, and going well, we haven't done this one yet. Let's do that next week, that the week after. I wonder how, if they actually sell outside of like achievement and trophy hunters. I think the achievements... I mean, you might get the odd one. How simple the achievement lists are is a big factor in probably how well they're selling. Hmm. I mean, you might you might get the odd one and see, you know, oh, Metal Slug 2 mm-hmm. is available, and I loved that years ago. So you might get a few people buying them like that, but... It's probably a niche imagine. market, isn't it? It's probably like 12 yeah. people that are really wanting this to, to come back. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Turf yeah, Masters like, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just adding it, but it's, if it's selling, why would you not do it if you were the company doing it? It's the old, once you bought it, you bought it as well, isn't it? You'll look at something and go, oh, I loved this as a kid. And you got your rose-tinted glasses on. You buy it, play it once, yeah. and at that point you can't get your money back. Yeah. It very rarely works, though, does it? Like, Games were so far behind twenty years ago and stuff that yeah, just the whole design of them seems flawed when you play them now. Yeah, I think Capcom have done it well with that um, Beastmob bundle. That's quite interesting, and yeah. rather than re- just releasing one game and charging like six quid for it, they're releasing a pack of various games, and it's eighteen pounds. So you feel like you get your money's worth at least. And I suppose the other thing as well is, you know, Crash and Spyro, mm-hmm. it might be a way of the publishers gauging if it's worth making new games of them. Because, I mean, it's mm. almost the last Spyro game. So they can put this out and see if it sells well and see what... I'm sure they have some kind of focus groups and, you know, mm-hmm. feedback on what children nowadays think of Spyro and stuff like that. Yeah. And is it worth making new versions of it or is it... To kiddie for nowadays mm-hmm. child audience yeah i mean the, the perfect situation for them is to like exploit well not exploit but like take advantage <laughs> of of, of, um, <laughs> of people's nostalgia for spyro or whatever and at the same time introduce a whole new generation of people to spyro and then you've got yeah. the best of both worlds and you know you can imagine if you loved money. Spyro and you had kids and you went, oh, I used to love this game when I was your age. And, you know, you get your kids playing it. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, yeah, cool. Exactly. But, yeah, yeah. Not, normally the kids just want to play Fortnite and that's it. Yeah. So. <laughs> just doing the Fortnite dance all the time. Um. <laughs> okay, over Hunter. He says, with October drawing closer and closer, what game would you want? as your game of the month choice for the month of September. <laughs> I don't know what came out. Except this Me um, I've no idea. Easy to Spider-Man. Yeah, actually. It's <laughs> the only kind of new game I've played. That so there was Tomb Raider that mm-hmm. came out recently. Oh, yeah. You can't for, count Forza Horizon 4 because it's like the, you got by the, ultimate, the ultimate edition, edition yeah. September. Yeah. And then other than that, I don't really know what's come out it's been a bit of a a dry period for games hasn't it fifa i think that comes out this month that'd be one for me on the if it was xbox title mm-hmm. but yeah nothing stands out as october's i mean except a big game for september that i have to play well everything's coming in the next few months isn't it and uh, yeah early next year as well so yeah it's a bit of a lull 
Um, I, I honestly couldn't pick. I haven't been playing that many games recently, which is terrible of me, I guess. But um, I, I couldn't pick one. I don't, I've been just playing stuff that came out years ago. So, <laughs> remasters. Yeah. Sorry? Remasters. Remasters, yeah. <laughs> All just remasters. Re releases, yeah. No, I'm a sucker for the, if the right company remasters the right thing. I will definitely, <laughs> definitely sink a lot of hours into it. But, uh, okay. Uh, Andrew King says, is the new Spider-Man game just a reskinned licensed Sunset Overdrive or does it deserve more credit and the extra praise it's getting? Should Microsoft be doing more to secure an exclusive SSO2 out of Insomniac? Now, I haven't played either of them, but I do know what Sunset Overdrive is and I do agree with the similarity between the games to some extent. But you've uh, played Spider-Man, Dave, haven't you? Obviously, yeah, you have. I played play both of them. I, I don't think it's a reskin version. That I mean there's quick kind of traversal in it but the, like Sunset Overdrive was all mainly grinding and like, like and then flipping on to like wires and stuff like that. I mean I guess there's similarities but it, it does seem a lot different and it's so well done in Spider-Man that mm-hmm. I don't know maybe they did take something from Sunset Overdrive, but it, I wouldn't call it reskin by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, it's going a bit far to call it a reskin, isn't it? But look, a lot. I was looking at the movement in Spider-Man AGX. I looked at people playing it, and it looks amazing. Like the way it works and the way it like kind of auto corrects. I was saying to Sam, Sam and Ritz the other day, just it seems right. Do you know, like when you kind of arc yourself around a building. Mm. And it does it how you'd imagine it would do, you know, with the web kind of being at a point and swinging you around. And it just seems like all that stuff just seems perfect, like the way they've done it. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing, like I say, Sunset might have helped with some bits of that mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, because that was all like about, like, that was kind of like skateboarding, wasn't it? Sunset, like yeah. grinding along a ledge and then flipping onto another ledge and stuff like that. So I guess it's, it's helped him maybe from doing that. But yeah, for sure. They've clearly got like the the satisfying movement down to a T, um, and I was, yeah. it was even just satisfying watching people play it, like how he was moving through yeah. the city and all that stuff. It's really nice to watch it. Um, and in terms of the second point, should Microsoft be doing more to secure Sunset Overdrive Overdrive Two? Then absolutely, I don't know why they haven't done it. Like it just seems mental to me that. Pretty much everybody who played Sunset Overdrive seemed to have liked it. Mm-hmm. And it's like they've just gone, right, thanks for that. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know about the internet. Do you know what I could see happening, which I think might annoy a few people? Do you know what? Marvel, I've got this thing where they'll put, like, uh, like if you watch the TV series and stuff, they'll put some on Netflix and some on Hulu and some on this mm-hmm. and some on that. It wouldn't surprise me if they start a series now of games and, you know, they'll do some, some will be Xbox, some will be PlayStation. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if they start doing that. <laughs> Seeing how popular Spider-Man is, mm-hmm. start bringing other ones in because they've got hundred. I don't know, I don't know how many, lots and lots of characters they could do these with, couldn't they? Yeah. I don't know what, what, what you gain out of doing that though. I don't know. I mean, you're appealing to both of the audiences, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I never played Sunset Overdrive, and I was, I was actually watching some clips of it before, and it does look pretty good. And I probably would play it if offered the chance to. So I can see why it's got such a really following. The movement and everything's good. The shooting is just like crazy, wacky guns that are really fun to play around with. It's like these weird zombie things the world's as well. Quite fun. Yeah, it's got a, a good sense of humour to the game. Mm-hmm. Don't know, I good music as well. That all fits with yeah, it. True, yeah, true. Forgot about that. Yeah, I think they should definitely. I mean, considering that they must have known, you know, that they haven't had anything really coming out for mm-hmm. what I'd say what eighteen months. We haven't had any. I know we've had Sea of Thieves and stuff like that, but none of them seem massive. Mm-hmm. And I think a Sunset Overdrive two would have gone down well for sure for like the end of the year now. Okay, Um, last question then. Mike, he says, 
with Sony's announcement this week of a PS1 classic, do you think Xbox will ever release a classic console, even with the apparent success of the Back Compat program? Could there be enough of a market from gamers who don't own a uh, who don't own a current gen console uh, to justify it? I would be surprised if they did a classic console because I think the original Xbox was very late for game in terms of classic consoles that have released so far. So the SNES was years yeah. and years ago. NES was before that. PlayStation One. It was years ago. And I think um, the original Xbox was late into the life of the PS2 it released. Yeah. Um, oh, really? Yeah. And so it'd be quite quite a hefty console to try and fit into a mini version. I know, it, it, like by today's standards, it, it's kind of not that powerful at all, and they probably could do it. Hmm. Um but they've just introduced an extension of the back compat program, which was to bring the Xbox classics to the current generation via emulation. Mm. And at that point, if you've got the games available or most of the games available, it's not really much point in it. It's hardware for the sake of hardware. They'd have to be able to license the games to put it in a mini, wouldn't mm. they? So just doing back compat. I get the thing about him saying about People not owning current gen consoles, but yeah. is there is enough nostalgia around the original Xbox to mm. do a mini? No, I don't think there is. But I think, yeah, the point he makes is that maybe people don't or can't afford an Xbox, which isn't a very strong point, to be honest. But right, to I, be think- honest I, I think anybody would buy something if you release it. It's yeah. People are going to buy it just to have it and say, "Oh yeah, I've got one," and maybe collectors and stuff like that. Mm. But even the classic consoles that are coming out now are pretty expensive. Are they? Okay. I think the yeah. the PlayStation ones like a hundred quid. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It's not cheap. It's, it's cheap certainly. compared to a PlayStation at that time in the past, but yeah, it's still pretty expensive for you getting. You're getting twenty preloaded games on it. Mm. Yeah. It's a very yeah. small subset of their catalogue. Thinking about what that actually gives you is not really worth a hundred quid, is it? Yeah, but like the Nintendo ones, they went mad, didn't mm. they? Like they were selling out straight away, and people were eBaying them and all sorts. So I just can't see the love for <laughs> an original Xbox. Plus, you'd have to have the Duke controller yeah. with it, so that'd be bigger than the console. <laughs> Yeah, you might as well just plug your your controller straight into the TV and do it that way. Yeah, I'd never had an original Xbox. Uh, I had PS1 and a PS2. So I wouldn't even, even though I've had the 360 and now I've got the one, I probably wouldn't uh, be interested in buying. uh, I don't don't get the people who buy them. Like, I'm I'm not saying they shouldn't do, but like. Do you know, I, I just couldn't imagine spending money to place, do you know, hmm. a mini console from years ago. It's so far on now from there. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, another reason could be like games that you genuinely think are better than current gen games, which there is an yeah, argument to be made for. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like the only, like, th- like, I guess theoretically, the only difference between them is the graphics mm-hmm. and um, if you really like old school games, then that's you're the target market for that. But I don't think there are many people who are in that situation, really. Be like buying an an old looking mock up of a really old rubbish PC mm. with like a tape deck and play, or like a floppy disk and playing Frogger preloaded or something <laughs> like. I just I, I don't understand the 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 mindset mm. behind it. But obviously, people got a lot of nostalgia for them and snap them up as soon as they get announced well that's the thing I'm a big sucker for like classic style games I've been playing like the old school version of RuneScape for ages which is a (laughs) game that came out in whatever like 2004 or whatever same thing for World of Warcraft I've been playing like classic version of World of Warcraft which came out around then as well so for sure I can see the appeal um but yeah, I, it's just down to whether that market is big enough to justify uh, doing it. <coughs> All right, thanks everybody for the questions. 
All right, moving on to new achievement list, Jack. Yeah, plenty again. Um, so first up, the Capcom beat-em-up bundle with 11 achievements. We had transference with 14 achievements, and that is a very quick completion. It's about half an hour from what I've heard if you uh, are playing for gamer score. Um, RGX Showdown with 13 achievements. Scribblenauts Mega Pack with 46. My Brother Rabbit with 30 achievements. Nefarious with 44. Hover with 12. The Last Door Season 2, which is a Windows 10 game with 16 achievements. Speed Brawl with 59. Vegas Party with 20. Jack and Jill DX with 11. Amnesia Collection with 22. Deadliners with 11. Pizza Titan Ultra with 21. (laughs) Warface with 37. Pillar with 10 achievements. And the biggie of the week is Spyro the Reignited Trilogy. So is am I right in thinking that's a bit they've done it different than the trophies? Yeah, like, didn't the trophies get split into three? The trophies games? got split into three separate games, and I think each had a platinum as well, which might be the right, reasoning okay. for that. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, um, but on Xbox, all of the Spyro games, first, second, and third, are all contained in a single achievement list. You've got one hundred and five achievements for three thousand <laughs> gamer score. Wow, which is insane. Just thinking that was similar case with the. Um, Assassin's Creed one, the SEO collection. Yeah, so I'm guessing, like you say, the, the, it must be the platinum. The, the, you know, can only mm, give out one maybe. per title. Yeah, and then uh, DLC wise, we've got two packs. We had Shadows over Bogenhafen in <laughs> Warhammer Vermintide 2. 10 achievements, 250 gamer score, and the Shattered Bloodline pack in Dead by Daylight. Six achievements for 120 game score. Okay, so new releases. We've got 8-bit RTS series today and 8-bit armies. Oh, that's a DLC for it. Okay, don't know what that is. Uh, Wengia, Anodyne, My Brother Rabbit, and I Am the Hero. Next week on Tuesday, we got Valkyrie Chronicles for Dakar Rally or Dakar 18 in America. This is the Police 2, Hollow Knight, Wednesday Pizza Titan Ultra, Pillar, Jack and Jill DX, and then Thursday next week, Life is Strange 2, the first episode of that. So it's a, considering we're in towards the end of September, it seems like a bit of a fallow week. Like, mm-hmm. When do all the big ones start coming? Come on. <laughs> the only ones I know are Hollow Knight and Life is Strange. There was quite a lot of advertisement for Life is Strange at um, EGX, though. But, yeah, not too many others. That'll be, that'll be one I'm definitely picking up. And then, as well, if you've got EA Access, I know the FIFA, you can play the FIFA 19 10-hour trial now. Uh-huh. So that'll be me as soon as I finish Forza Horizon 4 review. <laughs> <laughs> And then that'll be me every week. You'll say, what what we played this week? FIFA. FIFA. <laughs> okay. FIFA. <laughs> so it's not uh, fishing sims anymore for you? Oh, I've not gone back to that since. I've left me being dive. I don't know why I did them, <laughs> them games. Like I'm not jumping in a train anytime soon, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and they keep releasing DLC for it as well, which is... <laughs> yeah. Someone's buying it. Someone is buying it. <laughs> Yeah, do you know what? when I when I looked at when we got the codes for it and it was like oh what's what is this game and I looked and these people who like take it really seriously and they do like uh, route planning and you know yeah. pay attention to the speed signals so they can stop perfectly at they're like uh, station like wanna be learning train drivers and stuff yeah it's just it's crazy yeah they they, they wish their whole lives they could drive trains and they never could i guess i don't know it's like pilots people want to be pilots and they never they never make it into being a pilot so they just play yeah. flight simulators all day <laughs> yeah, <true. laughs> different strokes for different folks exactly all right that is it for this week we shall be back next week so there hasn't been loads to talk about but we're all around next week properly so we should have plenty to play games and we'll be able to talk about farza mm-hmm and FIFA and whatever else comes out. So 
Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. See ya. See you later.